Hey folks, it's us, podcasting wonderkins John Bishop and Lucas Southworth. Although this is a podcast about cars, it is not age-appropriate for the target demographic of these films, as we usually end up talking about the reproductive organs of Lightning McQueen. Alright, now let's take a look under the hood. Welcome to the Kachat. It's the only podcast brave enough to ask the question, Hey, what's up with cars? I'm Lucas Southworth. And I'm Hertz McGertz. Now, I don't think that's true. And I wish you would not lie to our audience. I'm so sorry. I I can't believe I've done this to you. I've hurt you deeply. Uh, my name is, in fact, Big Papa. Thank you. Uh, I was feeling, if you'll forgive the pun in this, our most vulnerable hour, pretty hurts McGirts. But no, he is John Bishop, because I do like us to say our names at the beginning, and I don't know why he's lying to you. (laughs) Uh, What are we talking about today, John? Well, today is another Moments in History. That's right! It's our little mini-series Uh, where we go through and just look at uh, moments that have occurred in human history, and we're like, wouldn't this be weird if they were cars? That's pretty much the whole thing. Just as a reminder to y'all, we go on the assumption that, well, A, at least in this series where we talk about it, uh, these moments did happen in cars history just because so much of it seems to follow the model of human history, uh, and B, that they weren't like, carts or carriages that they were cars all the way back unless it's funnier to talk about them in the other way it's pretty loosey-goosey uh but listen to the other two if you want a better explanation than that it's been a minute since we've done one john do you want to start all right the way we define history is essentially anything in which we can follow something through language so events that occurred that are either written down recorded or Uh, through oral tradition were eventually recorded. Uh, It's the idea that history exists when language began. And uh, that's what I'm getting at. Language. Language started at some point. What is that point? How did it start? Was it originally a bunch of honks? Did they just start speaking? Was it grunts? Or how did written language start? Those are very different uh, things, but at the same time, they're both connected strongly. Yeah, I will say right off the bat, we are going to struggle with written language. So let's let's start with spoken language uh, and move on to what I imagine will be much more difficult to conceptualize cars doing. Okay. Well, they got big old mouths, but I do like the idea of them using their horns as well, you know, Mm -hmm. because... At least in movies, <laughs> you see when it like flashes back to caveman days, uh, all they're doing is grunting and hooting and hollering at each other, etc. Mm-hmm. And that seems pretty analogous to just honking your horn at each other in an attempt to communicate. 
And we've seen people give examples of like sounding off horns in excitement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it could be a very animalistic trait of, oh, this is kind of like screaming. This is kind of like whistling. Yeah, yeah, I kind of I like that, that that's sort of their base instinct uh, in the same way when a human watches someone score a touchdown, they have a base instinct to just scream. So, yeah, they excitedly, like that was a beginning communication. It, in early times, one of the most basic things you could do, even animals do it in a way to communicate, is they will scream. They will make a loud noise in alarm. And that warns other animals that can draw attention, that can get other animals to come towards you to help. And I think that's a very good place to start is that's a communication that even animals have. So why would cars not have it? And honking makes sense. Yeah. And like, you're usually the one who goes straight to ripping off the McElroy's. So I'll take the place this time. I'll take the fall. We could go, maybe they've developed the horn into like more intricate communications, you know, maybe Mm. they got, they've got great job in there, you know? The McElroy's have a bit that they wish the horn could communicate more than just like, ah, you know, yeah, more like more than anger. So what if you did two quick honks of like, great job. Maybe they got that in the Cars universe. So uh, some cavemen style cars are driving. They're hunting down some sort of tractor gazelle. And then one of them launches up, crashes down, pins the tractor, clean kill. And then sure. one of its buddies just, great job. Yeah, I think that, I think if we're saying horns were the beginnings of communication, I think that makes total sense. Okay. And, and then I think we it, get to like the first clashes where there are a bunch of people fighting and it's like a very animalistic uh, caveman style. Oh, we see another tribe. We're going to fight them. And it's just a bunch of horns blaring. Yeah, sounds like rush hour, am I right? Uh, the the traffic, the 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 rat race, am I right? Uh, but I think if humans had the ability to just metaphorically press a button within themselves and emit a sound like that wasn't spoken, that was just very loud, I think they would absolutely do that when they were like cheering or like we were talking about as the basis of communication so like if humans had some sort of some sort of horn like maybe uh, something portable something i don't know like a compressed air can yeah like like a fog horn yeah that they could just blare at sporting events that's a that's a crazy notion yeah you got me there (laughs) (laughs) but i think alongside with this like i said they've always had you know mouths as far as we know and so I think there was probably some of your classic, uh, at least caveman movie stuff of like grunts and other early communication, just the horn was a part of it. Mm-hmm. But I think because you can do so much more with speaking, that developed much more than the horn. And the horn probably still has some aspects of like we were saying it was developed into maybe some stuff like the great job maybe some other like three quick taps means a bear's coming you know Mm -hmm. and quick question go for it what's a bear yeah i said it actually i if i remember right there is still a bear on california's flag in cars (laughs) so just still a bear (laughs) so just still a bear not confirmed but i think i remember that 
<laughs> okay, so we just have to accept that dinosaurs used to exist and bears might bears, still exist. Bears still do. That's just a reference to Brave uh, about eight years before it came out. They, Pixar's always doing that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, th- I think horns may still be used in communication like a little bit, but not much. <laughs> I feel like horns in car society are basically like horns in our society and just the idea of shouting it's something you don't do in like respectable company unless there's a good reason it's just like something we haven't seen it because it's just a rude thing to do like you don't just shout in the middle of an office because why would you do that that's incredibly rude but like it's still something that the cars would do if like they're in the office and all of a sudden uh a few spiders just crawl onto the, like someone's hand from their desk while they weren't paying attention. They look at their hand, they might honk. Yeah, I could see that. And uh, that does line up with Mater uh, using his horn to tractor tip because, I don't know, Mater ain't got them learned manners and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And what do you do when you're uh, cow tipping? You shout at them and then they fall over, right? No, you just push them. Yeah, I didn't, that didn't sound right to me. Yeah, you just you just push them over. Yeah, I was pretty sure that was it. Yeah. That seems like a mean thing to do to a cow. Uh, seems like but that's that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I feel like you're giving people the benefit of the doubt way too much on that one. That's just a cruel thing to do. It's just a mean thing to do to just like an animal. Mm-hmm. But I think that that sorts out spoken communication pretty well. We know that wor- written words exist, mm-hmm. which like makes sense that they can do it now through whatever computers they have integrated in them, et cetera, et cetera. But how, how'd they do that? <laughs> how'd that oh. start? Okay, so let's get into a fun fact of the day. Uh-huh. The first written language was Sumerian, and uh, that was in ancient Mesopotamia, and if I remember correctly, it was just like on stones and it's this basically symbolic language and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you look at any images of it, the language is pretty detailed and tiny. Yeah. So here's my question. In the Cars universe, was the language just bigger or did only very specific vehicles have the ability to write or were... The Like, was the way they wrote it something we haven't really considered all that much yet? My two thoughts were, I mean, forklifts, as always, as mm-hmm. always. But even still, the forks are too big for these very, very specific detailed inscribings. No, yeah, like it would still, it would still have to be at least a little bit bigger until they, unless they have known how to integrate tools into their forks you know, forever, Mm -hmm. which I'm not willing to rule out, but I'm not willing to say definitely either. Fair enough. And otherwise, I was just thinking, I guess they could just drive around in some loose dirt and that would write, but then who would read it? (laughs) How could they? And that doesn't make much sense. So yeah, maybe just cars just the the like uh forklifts were the scribes i don't know okay so forklifts were the scribes which is interesting because if you think about it what 
was being able to write a sign of in a lot of early civilizations. That's class and education. Class and education, which means that they were pretty much the higher ups. In this world, in this Cars universe, we have talked about many, many times the fact that these these uh, forklifts seem to be on the bottom of the food chain. They're taken advantage of and they have to do all the work. Do we think that somehow in this entire society, it was a situation where these cars were the only ones capable of doing it? So it became an expectation that they had to do it. So even though they were the most capable and probably started off being kind of the higher ups in society, the expectation and the societal pressure pushed them down the further we went. Yeah, I do. I really like the idea of like the beginnings of the the oppression of these people. I, I will maybe add that like I could see just since the the like normal cars are so much physically larger than them, I could see that maybe they were even if they were a bit uh, like more educated, more capable. The cars, especially in early, early days, could be like, oh, well, we'll just murder you unless you, you know, do what we want. Mm -hmm. Right for me, small man. Yes, of course. You've summed it up in so many words. Okay. These forklifts were succeeding. And because these forklifts were succeeding and also very obviously different from the other vehicles, uh, the societal pressure was well, I don't like that you have this power over me, so I'm going to oppress you because that's the only option I have because I'm bigger than you, and that means I have more power physically. Yeah, I think that that's that could be just what happened, which is mm. terribly sad and not something I thought we were going to get into with, hey, how did they write? <laughs> hey, how did they communicate? Well, oppression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oops. But I'd say other than that, it's it, it, it takes a similar course to, you know, human written history. Uh, like, I could see their more uh, pictographic languages being significantly different in just, like, what symbols they use. But other than that, I think it's just, eh, it, just, it happened. Once they could write, they kept doing it. Mm-hmm. They got better. They got more sophisticated. They eventually had someone invent zero so that helped math nice well i feel like we covered that you want me to launch into one of mine absolutely all right what i wanted to get into were oil spills and if we want to get into like a more specific like event i feel like the there are two big famous ones of the exxon valdez oil spill as well as the Deepwater horizon uh oil spill but just like, I don't know, oil's so important to their society. I, I want to talk about like how that would be different for them. Mm-hmm. And let's see, the big difference between Exxon Valdez and Deepwater Horizon is Exxon Valdez was a ship crashed sor- sort of and spilled it out. And Deepwater Horizon was a underwater pipeline that started leaking. Okay, well... One of the major things that is the same is that we have to assume that whatever it is, it will pollute and it will cause a lot of damage, uh, not only to the environment, but economically. 
I do see economically, and that's something I want to get into, definitely. But like, one of the biggest reasons I wanted to talk about this is... A person being torn uh, open? Well, that. uh, But I was just thinking, like, one of the biggest things that happen in an oil spill is people are like, oh, this is absolutely devastating the wildlife. Mm -hmm. But if all the wildlife is, you know, vehicle-based, would it... Well, think about it this way. Humans uh, consume a lot of different things, some of which uh, in large amounts, well, no, any of which in a large enough amount would kill you, but sure. some of which can be highly toxic in relatively like small amounts. So it could just be a food that is uh, able to harm you if you're exposed to too much of it or in the wrong way. I could see that, but like, I don't know. Submarine gets, a tiny fish-sized submarine gets covered in oil. Now I could probably just drink that up, especially if it's a little diluted by seawater. I think what I think happens is the economic implications are bigger. The ecological effects are much less. Hmm. Uh, so it's still a huge event just for different reasons. So instead of it being similar to an oil spill in our world, it's more similar to like a food recall where, yes. oh, this entire uh, group of livestock has a disease. We have to recall all of this meat. It, it's very much a food shortage in a way rather than, oh, the animals are going to die. Yeah. And like, it's still not good because I think they would still need water that wasn't, you know, full of oil, but. I think they just care less about the the environmental effects of it because they don't happen as much. I don't think the fish, the robo fish would care. <laughs> the robo ducks wouldn't need to be cleaned off with Dawn dish soap like they do in those commercials. All right, but let's think about it this way. What if it is damaging in an ecological sense? Those boats are built to withstand and to operate in water-based conditions. Saltwater, primarily. Yeah. And in this situation, the thing they're traveling through is no longer water. It's oil. It could just gunk up the works, make some of their parts not function properly. Or if it goes in the wrong way, goes in the wrong place. If they're in any way operating by combustion, it could mm. cause some sort of like I don't know, some poisoning effect where it's like, oh, now you have severe acid reflux that's going to cause your stomach to eat itself. I, I was thinking you were going to say, oh, it gets in the combustion parts and then they explode. It could be that, but I would hope that if they're a vessel like that, it would be sealed off from anything like that. It could be that the oil has a different viscosity that somehow counteracts that, but I don't think that would be the case yeah I, I could i could concede that there would be you know different reasons that it would be environmentally bad but i don't know it, it, it just was very interesting to me <laughs> to think mm -hmm. about robo fish and an oil spill it does seem like it would be a lot less directly negative economically not yeah. economically, uh, uh environmentally, environmentally. Yeah. because if you think about it yeah they're just now going to be swimming through food uh, and also, we've already talked about the fact that this world doesn't seem to be concerned with global warming and they're all vehicles. 
So yeah. they've probably got some sort of solution to that. So an oil spill is not as big of a deal anyway. Yeah. But on the flip side of that, I think you're absolutely right in the idea of it being a food shortage, mm -hmm. which is very spooky. <laughs> it's a massive food shortage. And also the news coverage would have to be just very upsetting to like, if you have any footage at all, what you're looking at is something that was inside of a person that is now everywhere. And that person did die. No. Yeah. And like, I do want to talk about the idea of if it is specifically a like tanker that went down, like there is like, Oh, that was a guy. Mm -hmm. He hit that rock and dropped all that stuff he was carrying when he, you know, died. Mm -hmm. I like, you'll see pictures on the internet of food trucks and any sort of like drink or anything. They'll, the truck will have some sort of accident and then a bunch of food or drinks will spill out. And at that point they can no longer sell those items. So one interesting idea is would the same thing happen where vehicles would flood to this oil spill to consume that oil for free? I mean, because that happens in our world where people were like, Oh, the Twinkie truck tipped over. Now there's a bunch of Twinkies they can't sell. I'm just going to take a bunch of free Twinkies because I mean, the would difference they... would be that the person is dead and you're going to a dead person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it, I, I know that oil and water famously don't mix at least well, mm -hmm. but like, would they be able to extract it from the seawater in an effective enough way to use it? Like, I couldn't say, because if you put salt water in any sort of gas tank, it's going to destroy that yeah. thing. So it's incredibly dangerous to even attempt at that point. But also it's a world where that is their food source. So they might have a filtration system that's designed for that. I, I could see if it's like there was an accident on the like on land oil refinery or or field or whatever uh and like in those movies where they like struck oil but it's you know bad and the oil is springing up from the ground mm -hmm. i could maybe see that but like i think it being in the water makes it at least incredibly difficult for them to do that because mm -hmm. just imagine even with my old example of oh a truck tips over if it tips over into a lake you might not want to reach in for the Twinkies. Yeah, whether they're individually sealed or not, maybe uh maybe just pass. Yeah, you can buy you can buy a Twinkie. <laughs> but can you buy a few hundred Twinkies for zero? You got me there, Johnny. As always, your logic is impeccable. The question from Liz <laughs> is happening now. Uh, both of our significant others are named Elizabeth. They ask us questions. Uh, we don't tell you which is which. That's the whole bit. All right. The question from Liz is, uh, how does how does marriage work? Ooh. Well, that's not the question from Liz that I was going to do. So I'm not going to answer it. You can ask it later when you introduce the segment. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the question from Liz was, uh, are oil spills much more common in this world? Hmm. And that, that's sort of exactly where I went. Like, I could I've, see why they would be, but I can also see why they wouldn't be. Mm -hmm. They would be, in my mind, because they'd be a lot more, like, the shipments would have to be a lot more common. Because mm -hmm. 
everyone is a person who consumes that oil. I mean, there are exceptions, of course, electric vehicles, but for the most part, that's their food and their transport and everything else. So that's, that's their resource that they need. So of course there would probably be a lot more shipments, but at the same time, it's a person that's transporting it. So I have to imagine that because it's not a person operating an extremely massive vehicle and instead a person just taking a stroll, that it would be very different. Yeah. And I I was also thinking that like, if it is like their most important food and their most important resource for transportation, like they would maybe take even more precautions than in our world be Mm -hmm. more safe about it hopefully yeah Uh, (laughs) hopefully uh but again on the flip side if it's not that big of a deal you know environmentally Mm -hmm. i i don't know i i that that was a very interesting question for me uh i would say i would say yeah probably just like no matter how safe you are if you increase the frequency of something by a lot the frequency of accidents with it is going to go up as well. I don't know. I feel like the massive advantage would simply be that it's a person who's far more aware of their entire body mm-hmm. rather than a person operating a vehicle. Yeah. So, I don't know. And One these of those people answers. are going to be professionals at some point, so they'll have a lot more experience operating their own body. So yeah, either I mean, yes or no. There you have it, folks. Uh, no answer. I feel like that pretty well covers... Uh, oh, darn it. I was also... I forgot. Uh, the wiki quote of the day is also about this. That's the name of the segment of the day. Okay. Give me that wiki quote of the day is also about this. That's the segment of the day. Will do. This time we are going over to worldofcarsdriving.fandom.com slash wiki slash oil underscore spill, which I was very excited had an entry, but then I looked at it uh, and it says... Oil spill is a track piece in cars fast as lightning. <laughs> so it's not. It's the, but they they have the idea of oil spills at the very least. Mm-hmm. So they don't have oil spills, but they have the concept of oil spills. Yeah, which I would imagine also means they have oil spills. But yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, that's uh, you can do your your second one now. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go for moment in history, the Emu War. Mm. Okay, I'm almost upset we're doing this one because I wish I had been the one to think to do it. Okay. This one comes from Liz. Oh, man, good for Liz. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's a pool. Yep. All right, so as you all know, the Emu War was in Australia, and it was a war in which the Emu won. Yeah, if you want a little more context than that, there were basically emus just running wild as like a nuisance animal. And the military was like, hey, we got to get rid of these emus. So they went and tried to murder a lot of emus. And they did a bad job. They did just a very bad job. Yeah. Uh, And even better, it's the emu war, but it's also known as the great emu war. Yes, I have seen it referred to as the great the Great Emu War. Let's see. There's a very famous quote that I love so much. I'm on the Wikipedia page. Yeah, I've got it here. 
If we had a military division with the bullet-carrying capacity of these birds, it would face any army in the world. They can face machine guns with the invulnerability of tanks. <laughs> Which, gosh. <laughs> Ooh, that's good. Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So you want to you want to talk about you want to talk about how many bounties were collected? How many bounties? Let's see here. There was a bounty system. Oh man. 57,034 were claimed over a 6-month period. Mm-hmm. Wow. Cool. Uh, so okay, Hugh Leslie raised the issues of emus in federal parliament and urged uh, Josiah Francis to release a quantity of 0.303 ammunition from the army for the use of the farmers. The minister approved the release of 500,000 rounds of ammunition. That's too many. 500,000 rounds of ammunition. That means that uh, basically for... Okay, so there were 57,000 bounties collected. That means... Each emu could take like 10 bullets. Oh my gosh. I imagine a big part of it was just they, they had a hard time hitting them, I imagine. I guess. Like they could but both take the bullet and, like, you know, make sure avoid they don't the take bullet. the bullet. <laughs> yeah. they, they could take the bullet, but also they didn't always take the bullet. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. So. And what I think the reason for all of this was basically uh, the emu were destroying their crops. No, yeah, it, it, they, they were doing, causing crop destruction. They weren't just like, oh, man, I hate these birds. <laughs> I mean, they were, but it was because they were messing with the food. I still don't agree with it, really, but they at least yeah. had a reason. <laughs> they didn't just want to kill a bunch of emu. There weren't just bloodlusted soldiers who are like i hate why can't this bird fly it it's an affront to god <laughs> but, your head isn't big enough for you to be a chocobo you are nothing okay okay all right now let's so, think about this but cars yeah that's gonna be rough but a rough rough in a very good way i imagine all right so we know of one farmer and that farmer is uh, Fillmore? Oh, yeah. Fillmore does have a farm, uh, as we discovered in the World of Cars Online episode. I thought you were going to say Dusty Cropopper and his employer. I don't know. One of them I would consider to be a person who works for a farmer. And the other one, I guess, is the farmer. Yeah, his employer is what mm. I was going to say. Yeah. I, I don't remember his name because he's in like a total of three minutes of the movies. But... Mm-hmm. But the interesting thing is, they are flight. They do have flight. And we're talking about a flightless bird here. Mm-hmm. So I think we've talked of, like, we were like, yeah, what, what are penguins once for reasons I'm frankly not going to remember. Uh, and I don't remember what we said. But I, re- I know we've discussed what a flightless bird would be in this world. I think what we were talking about was the birds were basically toys. And Mm -hmm. then we said something like uh, a toy helicopter could be a flightless bird. Yeah, I could also see like... Because it doesn't actually have a motor to spin and the motor was the sentience. I do like both of those. I also maybe like 
just a smallish helicopter, but like the rotor blades are comically small in a way that would never get it lift. Uh, Cause that's the issue with a lot of flightless birds. They don't have the lift. They can't generate lift enough with their wings mm-hmm. or they've specifically evolved that they don't need their wings. So mm-hmm. they've become very small. Penguins are great at swimming. Yeah. And their little flipper wings probably help with that. I don't know. Uh, I ain't a biologist. <laughs> but yeah, I like both of those for it. And, you know, I gotta imagine tiny helicopters could take a lot of bullets. Now, could they, though? Okay, okay. They would avoid a lot of bullets, but I imagine a tiny helicopter would take one bullet and be exploded. Let's see. I'm thinking like these tiny helicopters, my tiny helicopters in my head were about the size of like, I don't know, Guido. Okay. (laughs) So when you say tiny helicopter, you mean a small person sized helicopter. (laughs) Yes. Which like emus are pretty big. Like emus are almost as big as people. That's probably not true. There was a picture of an emu with a person. No, that's about as big as a person, Mm -hmm. maybe up to like a person's. I don't know, nipple area. So <laughs> I think a Guido-sized uh, helicopter would be just about perfect. All right, all right, all right. And I don't know. I imagine they just <laughs> go and I guess eat the crops or do they just like trample them? All that right. was the issue. Uh, they were uh, eating and trampling. It was it. what they didn't eat. They would have already crushed. Uh, okay, yeah. But in this world, as we've already discussed uh, in this episode at length, food equal oil for a lot, for most part. Not all food equal oil, though. Not all food, but significant food. No, so not, not a small amount of food, yeah. Do emu in this world have a habit of storming, like, oil rigs? Ooh, you know, if they do, I think we can... Uh, be a bit more solid in our answer to if oil spills are more common. Uh, uh, if yes. they get stormed by tiny helicopters. Yes, because animals like to attack people who are filled with oil. Man, that's rough, but I do like it. All right. Think about it this way. Mm-hmm. You are a person who's got okay. a backpack full of some delicious food and you're going through just the woods, just the woods. And you happen to know that every animal in those woods eats that oil. I don't like that. I would, I wouldn't bring a gun because of just who I am as a person, but I would maybe just not make that trip is what I would do. (laughs) Now, what if anyone and everyone you knew needed to eat that food or they would cease being able to walk? That'd be pretty bad. I would try to at least hire someone to guide me through, you know? Hmm. Fair enough. Uh, would you be okay with that person having a gun? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, my, while I do have philosophical issues with me having a gun, the much greater issues are like, I would not, I would hurt myself or anyone around me. Because okay. of the zero amount of training combined with the zero amount of confidence I would have firing a gun. Fair enough. All right. So uh, imagine you are transporting food and there is just an emu 
that comes up to you and wants to rip you open to eat said food. I I would want my guide to shoot it. Okay. (laughs) Rather than be torn asunder by a large bird. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Oh boy. So, yeah, I think that's our answer to the other question, the question from Liz. Uh, Yeah, they're probably a lot more common because everything eats that food. So they're going to be hunted down. Yeah. I do want to, just talking about wildlife and the extremes they sort of have to go through in Australia. Have you ever heard of the Great Dingo Fence? I have not. Oh boy, how have I not? It's like, if you follow the link I just sent, a massive fence they have in Australia. Holy crap. That's just a third of Australia cut off. Yeah, it's it's like the uh, little southeastern tip of Australia, but not the tip, just like a third of Australia uh, is there's a big, big fence that they have erected to keep dingoes out of it. It's a bit of Queensland, a bit of South Australia and all of New South Wales. Yeah, it literally f- seems to follow the border of New South Wales now that I look at it. But yeah, I don't know that we need to talk about that. But uh, apparently there are folks whose entire job is to just drive the length of this fence for like days, weeks at a time to patch it up if it gets messed up. And this is in like the Australian outback. Uh, Oh, boy. Yeah. So glad I don't have that job. There's a big dingo fence in Australia. Google it. It's very fascinating. That's intense. Oh boy. Okay. So that's neat. Didn't know dingoes were that big of a problem. Yeah. I don't necessarily have a lot of cars based talk about that. I I don't know. We're talking about the emu war. That's a piece of trivia I like a lot about Australia. All right. Uh, What would be a dingo? Dingo. Okay. They'd be a a spookier dog. (laughs) A spookier dog. What would be a dog? Yeah. That's sort of the issue. Like an RC car? We've decided what a dog is a hundred times, I'm sure. I'm sure we have. I'm thinking just like some sort of RC car or something. Yeah, I I was thinking like, not necessarily an RC car, but like those cars that like kids can sit in and drive around. I feel like that's a little bit too much like a regular car. That's fair. That seems like it would be like a monkey. Okay, yeah, that's fair. But it would be like an RC car with like some spikes and stuff on it. (laughs) Like a Mad Maxed, which is perfect because Australia. Uh, oh, Mad okay. Mad Maxified like, RC why, car. Why are you adding spikes to my dog? No, no it's not because the, it's a dingo. Yeah, it's because it's a All dingo. Right. Oh, boy. And they build a big fence to big make fence? sure they don't murder their sheep and ruin their crops. All right. I like the idea that they've just surrendered two thirds of Australia to the dingoes. I know that's not the lesson. <laughs> But I like to think, uh, like, listen, that we cannot do anything about them up here. Let's just, the dingoes have this part of Australia. We get this much smaller part of Australia. In their defense, it seems like all of the bigger, more populated areas are in that third. No, yeah, like, Australia is very weirdly populated. Vis-a-vis, not many people live in the middle of it. I think... What I heard was uh, 90% of people live in 10% of Australia. Yeah, and almost all of them on some sort of coastline. Mm-hmm. But oh boy. anyway, 
Australian Outback is spooky. That's the lesson you get from this one. Australian everything is spooky. Yeah, that's probably true. You ready for my second one? Let's diverge and go for a question from Liz. Oh, I have an idea of what it could be, but go ahead and uh, lay it out. Question from Liz. Uh, How did presidential elections work and what were their slogans? Fine. (laughs) That's right. I had two and you had one. That means there were three questions from Liz. Well, that has to be a higher amount than usual. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Normally it's one or less. Yeah, usually we forget to do it. <laughs> but how do presidential elections work? Almost the same. I don't know. <laughs> I think the most important question to her was, what were their the slogans? slogans? No, I, I figured. Well, I like bike. No. All right, but... <laughs> If his name was, like, Motorbike, that might make sense. Yeah, maybe they're progressive enough to elect a vampire. We think motorcycles are vampires. You gotta I mean, catch up. We've been electing vampires the whole time. Spooky, spooky. All right, so, yeah, we like bike, I guess. They elected one vampire. Yes, we van. Okay, yes, we van. Like uh, I'm guessing Obama. he was a he was a van. Uh, I'm gonna quickly run out of presidential slogans. I know. I think I know more catchphrases than I know slogans. Like the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. But like, how do you carify that? I don't know, man. I don't know any of them. Get on the raft with Taft. That sounds like it would be very sexual in cars. Yeah, but unchanged. Uh huh. Okay, Hayes the True and Wheeler too. That's the same. <laughs> there you go. Okay, peace by resolution. Peace by revolution, I guess. But that's uh, very that's, different. That's yeah, that's very different. Apparently Obama's in 2012 was just forward, which I don't know, I feel like that could be unchanged because you know, that's the direction they drive in. Okay, so I've been sent a slogan. Apparently right. it was Richard Nixon's slogan. His slogan was, they can't lick our dick. I have seen that. Uh, and it'd be unchanged entirely. That's, that's from that's from Liz. Uh, they can't lick our dick. I can hear her laughing in the background. I don't know if you, the listener, can. But I will, at the very future, Lucas may try to even boost that up a little bit. <laughs> so you can hear it. Uh, All right, so I feel yeah. like we've... They can't lick our dick. Just remember that, folks. Uh, and it wasn't Richard Nixon who used it. It was uh, Harry Truman. And people were very confused in the cards first. Anyway, you ready for mine? Oh, we didn't answer the other question from Liz. Other question from Liz. How, how does marriage work? I think we've once said that marriage rings would maybe be hubcaps or antenna, like stuff they put on antenna. I think she was more curious about just the ceremony. I don't know. I feel like it'd be very similar. I don't know what would be the, all that changed about it. Mm-hmm. Good point. Would yeah. there be a flower girl? A ring bearer? Uh, a ring bear. Since there are bears, it would just be a ring bear. So they just uh, invite a bear to the wedding? Yeah, they got those. Uh, flower girl has a... Probably they just got some mechanism to spread them behind her as she drives down the aisle. Because she can't toss them as well unless she spits them out of her mouth. Which I'm sure you don't like. So She's just slowly vomiting flowers everywhere. Yeah, maybe. Or like a lot of flower girls in our world, she just forgets to throw the flowers. 
Or, like a lot of other ones, they throw them all at the beginning of the aisle and then walk the rest of it. Dump it out. Yeah. Hmm. Y'all ready for the, the the other one I have? Uh, yep. Cool. Thank you, John. Uh, this one is one I feel like we have to have talked about, but I don't think we have the lunar landing. We've talked about being on the moon because yeah, t- of the lunar mater. mater. Yeah, we, we talked about space and whatnot, but and this one will take a very similar tone to when we talked about the Wright brothers. Mm-hmm. Did they make a person for Rocket? Or a person was just born and was Rocket. Yeah, but like, <laughs> were they just like, oh, I guess it's time to go to the moon now that you're here. <laughs> I guess, I think that's my guess is that, yeah, there was just, it's the chicken and the egg situation where it's the egg came first uh, and then the thing that hatched out of that egg was the first chicken, except this one was the first rocket. And he's like, you know, I feel like I was born to do something different. Transportation is hard for me. So I think I'm just going to go the one direction that feels right up. And they were like, well, if you want, you could aim for aim for that. Aim for what? That white ball in the sky that's made of cheese? Okay. They said, shoot for the moon if you miss these astronauts will die. Uh, if you miss, you'll uh, drift forever. But like the Apollo 11, what we've seen is a space shuttle, like a reusable space shuttle. Mm-hmm. The Apollo 11, a lot of it went up. Not much of it came back. True. You know, like so they basically just every we've talked part about of that it... before of that, like being rockets have body parts that will just fall off. Do we think it's like clothing or something? Like imagine you're wearing uh, some really, like imagine you're wearing Heelys and part of your Heelys job is to fall off at a certain point. Yeah. I, I almost see it like, you know, it's it's a jetpack. It's a jetpack that you're born with. Yeah. And eventually will be used up. But like, maybe you're born with it. Maybe it's a jetpack. You think like the, the like actual consciousness is only stored in like the landing module or like whatever came back? Or do you think, I don't know, it died for the mission? I think both of those things are true. Because when they come back... Re-entry's rough, huh? They do get burned up real bad. Yeah, re-entry's pretty rough. Yeah. I mean, crash in the ocean and then maybe get picked up? Yeah. Uh, hopefully they're not at the bottom of the ocean. Man, that's tragic, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much what I had. All right. Now, Lucas, <laughs> let's think about it this way. What if it is just like their legs fall off? See, I don't think we can we can write that off. I think you're right. I think we have to go into that. You're born with legs that make you go up. Then you Once. go up and your legs fall off. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, and again, like, it's not a space shuttle that can be used multiple times. That was the first time the Apollo 11 went up. Mm-hmm. That was the first time he used his body. You're born, and then you live your life knowing the fact that you will be able to make one trip. You will be able to move once. And after that, you will no longer have legs. After that, 
only like your head will remain and that may be burned to a crisp and or lost in the ocean forever. Mm -hmm. You will have just a charred head and that's it. Now, here's the thing. You're also one of the most like memorable and powerful creatures ever. Yes, of course. Is it worth it? I mean, at least to the Apollo 11, I think it was. Because, okay. I mean, I think he did it. He did it. And yeah. he's remembered to this day. You think, I don't know, that, like, the Apollos were a family? Uh, Yes, but at the same time, if you think about it that way, there's a problem where, yes, they're a family, but that guy had to be the first one that was a rocket. So, like, his parents weren't rockets, necessarily. But they gave birth to a rocket. I'm saying they gave birth to all of the Apollo uh, space rockets. Yes, uh, but I'm I'm just saying, like, they're a family. Yes. But the parents weren't rockets. No, yeah, I agree with that. They were, they were probably some sort of flying something. Mm-hmm. Maybe, like, a supersonic jet or something. Yeah. And then all of the siblings are the Apollo siblings. Man, the Apollo 13 had a rough go of it. Houston, Mm -hmm. they do have a problem. Yeah. And on top of all that, there's also the big big thing of, uh, that's a movie. Except there's one more. Cheaper by the dozen and one. That's true. Uh, There may be, I feel like there are more than 13 of the Apollos. Let me check. I mean, also Apollo 13 is a movie. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that's what you were saying. It's where Houston, we have a problem, got so famous. Uh, there were 17 Apollo rockets. 17. Could yeah. you imagine having 16 siblings? That'd be too many. I mean, some people do, I'm sure. but I mean, I have way too many siblings, and it's still not that many. Yeah. All right, let's think about this. Uh, I have two older full blood brothers. I have two uh, older step brothers. I've got a stepsister. I've got a half sister. I've got an adoptive brother. And now I've got uh, two more younger uh, foster brothers who are going to be adopted. And one younger adopted, well, foster sister who's about to be adopted. That was 10. Okay. And then I've got a sister-in-law, and then I've got three more sisters-in-law, and then a brother-in-law. Yeah, that's a lot, bud. So that's, is that 17? Is that 16? I think that was 15. Ah, so close. So close. All right. Moments in history. Go for it. All right. This one might be controversial. Okay. All right. It might be controversial. I'm not happy about that. All right. So, the Boston Tea Party. Oh, my last one was the American Revolution. So, I think we could just combine them. I'm just saying, the tea... Yeah. The tea was stored on a person, Mm -hmm. and a bunch of vehicles drove onto this person and grabbed a bunch of the tea and threw it into the water. That's got to suck, right? Like, his job is to watch over that tea, and he can't do anything. He's like... Imagine, yeah, yeah, he can't. Imagine that there are a bunch of, like, uh, what are they, finders? I don't know, what? The, the tiny people. Oh, uh, 
Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't think that, are they called finders? That sounds wrong, but I know what you're talking about. Uh, I don't. I don't know. All right. Well, whatever the little tiny foot long or shorter people are, imagine those people in the middle of the night crawl onto you and like you've got a backpack full of f- some food or something and you can't move for some reason. You're just like, I guess, too tired to move and a bunch of little tiny fairy people just steal all the food and then throw it right beside you and you can't do anything about it. One, were you thinking of the borrowers? Borrowers, that's it. Got it. Two, yeah, I think it's also just like, I guess your parents tie you to your bed when you sleep. Oops. (laughs) Uh, And I was thinking, because this is one of the big things I wanted to talk about in the American Revolution, so this works out perfectly. I think we could combine this one maybe with the oil spill one a bit. Because you think it was tea? I think it might have been tea or it might if it wasn't tea then it was some sort of additive to fuel yeah and i don't know i don't know i will one of the big reasons i wanted to talk about this one i think we've talked about this before but i've just sent a link your way in the chat here uh oh boy uh, yep they're yeah, all painted red it's it's like actual concept art for cars 2 that was done like is official concept art this is official yes i don't know in what way they were planning on integrating this into cars 2 except maybe building out the world but it's like the red coats i mean there are (laughs) like a few americans on the other side of the hill yeah like Uh, it, it is a american revolutionary battle now let's talk about the fact that there are just so many guns. Yeah, one real quick. I do want to give credit. I think I saw this independently, but I think the first time it was sent to me, number one fan faith sent it to me. So thank you, number one fan faith. But I think one of the biggest things I want to talk about is like, we've talked about how like modern guns and like would be less effective, but still effective against cars. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think muskets would do anything against car people. I mean, some muskets had a lot more kick to them. Like, some muskets could punch like a three-inch hole through, I don't know, a tank. It's just how much powder do you put in it, how much everything else... One of the things about muskets that are bad is that they're worse for loading. They're worse for aiming. Yes. Uh, there's a lot of things like that. But a musket could have a lot of power behind it. So they yeah, may that... even be better at that. But my thing is that all of these have the, the bayonets on them. Yeah, the bayonets are an issue. <laughs> uh, so this is Carr's art, official art. Yes. And the guns are just on the sides. They're not holding them with anything. They are making sure to have all of the muskets on a side where you don't see them being held. Yeah, on the far side. And, uh, and if you want to these... see this, I, I will have tweeted it out when this episode comes out. So yeah. go to our Twitter if you want to see this image. And some of these don't look so much like guns and look more like just really weird spears. Yeah, like, I mean, I guess a bayonet driven into a car by another car might do something. But, yeah, but and 
and the issues with the muskets i was i i do recognize that like they would do but like the the loading time and the lack of aim against a vehicle that can move much faster than like a human and maneuver Mm -hmm. in a way that's much harder to hit and now lucas (laughs) you've said a word you said loading time how how do they load these like i can sort of i guess i guess see how they would load a modern gun with like you know put a clip in there obviously i don't know what i'm talking about but it at the very least seems easier see for me it's just the bullets are already in there and you don't have to reload until you're out of bullets and i can just imagine that someone else could reload you and you've got a ton of bullets but with these it's one shot reload and i have no idea and like the process is so complicated of like pouring the the powder in and like stuffing down the bullet and using that rod that either stuffs the powder or the bullet in there i don't know how to load a musket sue me but it's complicated and requires a lot of like if you'll forgive the pun fine motor skills uh have we not have have we never said that before that feels like a new one but one that we should have come to it's been so long i have no idea yeah this is our 80th episode what the hell uh all right So I'm going to point out two things that are very contradictory in my mind. One, this doesn't seem like it could possibly be official because there's so many guns and blades. And two, this seems like it's definitely official because you'll notice that none of the blades and none of the guns are actually pointed at another person. They're pointed straight up, which is a wild way to charge into battle. (laughs) but i will point out that because there are so many guns this is concept art for cars 2 the one with a bunch of guns in it yeah but the point of those guns is they weren't guns they were inbuilt things inside of the creature so it's not like oh that's a gun it's more like oh he's got a really cool car thing that shoots and you could just like pretend that it's not a gun velocity like even if it is a gun it's not necessarily a gun and that's important for anything with kids is that oh that's not a gun that's a a laser shooter or something like that and that's a thing that a lot of things do is they oh they're they're not shooting bullets they're firing lasers and there's not blood you're killing robots instead so it's oil or whatnot And that's how they get around that sort of thing. And it seems like their idea for getting around that with this picture is that they just don't aim them at them. Yeah. I do want to point out right here, maybe the biggest car in frame that at least of the red coats that's like on its side. Is this car dead? Oh yeah. He's, he's dead for sure. And right next to him is maybe even more confounding. The eye patch. The eye patch, mm-hmm. or the bandaged eye, at least. So like, the implication is he's missing an eye, yes. but there's no visible cracks in the glass, <laughs> which makes me think that maybe there isn't glass there and it's just flesh, which is far more upsetting. All of it's upsetting. Mostly, I just wanted to talk about this concept art. Mm-hmm. 
is why I wanted to do this one. So I'm glad I was worried we'd run out of time with whatever your third one is. So I'm glad uh, we could coalesce them into this one. Yeah. Again, I, if you don't like go to our Twitter to look up this, at least look up Jason Merck, M E R C K cars to American revolution. And you will find this image. It, he he was like an official concept artist of it and was like done a lot of official concept art for other Pixar movies that honestly I looked through his portfolio. It's really cool. Yeah, the, the American Revolution, I don't know that this confirms it in canon for them, but it confirms it in canon for me. I mean, it does, bud. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. So uh, that for sure happened. The... The tea was thrown off of a person who couldn't do anything about it. Uh, guns, bayonets, missing eyeball, flesh wounds, all of these things and more on the Kachat. I've got one more, one last thing. Famous quote, don't fire until you can see the whites of their eyes. They would be firing a lot sooner in this universe. <laughs> Maybe firing so, so far away. It's the first thing you see. Yeah, that's, that's the end of the episode. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. All right. So uh, that's crazy, man. That image is just so much. Yeah, I might I might set it as our Twitter header. Who can, you know, why not? Please do. It's so good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we appreciate it so, 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 so much. Uh, that sounded really ingenuine the way I said it. But So I'm going to take it. I'm going to... Let's let's do a good old two take Southworth here. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. God, that felt worse. Uh, <laughs> Let me do it. I'll do it. All right. Okay. Okay. Good. John's got it. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, that's that's it. Bye. Anyway, uh, if you wanna. <laughs> Uh, get in contact with us let us know any ideas you have for this series or any of the other ones we do or if you just want to talk to us or if you have a very general idea or question or if you want to name the wiki quote or something that's something we still do uh you can do so you can either email us at the at gmail.com or you can do it on twitter or just follow us on there for late breaking updates and that's at the Kachat. Neither of those have hyphens in them. It's all one word. Now John will say something. Remember to like, comment, subscribe, tell anyone and everyone you think might be the least bit interested in listening to this very, very strange podcast. Uh, keep your chin up. The world will get better. Everything is going to improve. Uh, it, it gets better. Life is hard, but it uh, doesn't have to be all the time. Uh, thank you for participating in this with us and uh we really appreciate you and uh have a good week yeah you know what yeah why don't we say that more often have a good week i'm lucas southworth and i'm john bishop remember to float like a cadillac and stink like a beamer <laughs> <laughs>